What is it like to age well in the Garden State, where nearly a quarter of residents are over 60 years old? Are you one of them? Join New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well to discuss the ups and downs of aging in New Jersey. In this podcast series, we tap into our network of leading experts to provide a fresh look into the key issues affecting the state's older population and their families, including finances, housing, health, and security. Each half-hour episode details professional insight into how you can maximize the joy, minimize the challenges, and capitalize on the opportunities that aging in the Garden State offers. It's June and it's also Pride Month, a time when we want to recognize the older LGBTQ plus members of our community here in New Jersey. Hello and welcome to Aging Insights. I'm Dr. Kathy Rowe, the Executive Director of New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well, and today I'd like to welcome our guest, Amy Simon, the CEO and Managing Partner of LGBT Senior Housing and Care. <laughs> Amy, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm just going to start off with, I noticed I read LGBTQ and you don't have that in the name of your organization. Yes, that's true. Excellent, excellent question. Uh, the older adults have had a lot of experience with trauma through mm -hmm. their whole lives, and the, the letter Q stands for queer. Mm -hmm. And it was really a derogatory term for older adults, so we don't use it in the name of our company to not put attention on that term. Okay, so then can you take a moment to tell us about what that acronym stands for? LGBT. Yes. Um, the full acronym, as it stands today, because it's very fluid, it's constantly changing, mm -hmm. is LGBTQ. Now, you know the plus, but without the plus, it's QIAAP plus. Mm -hmm. Lesbian, L, gay, G, mm -hmm. T, trans, LGB, B, bisexual, T, trans, Q is either queer or questioning, okay. I is intersex, A is asexual or ally, and P is pansexual, and then the plus is and everybody else. Okay. But it's a, it's a big mouthful, mm -hmm. and it covers a huge community that's more than those letters in that particular acronym. But you know how we like to put acronyms yeah, right. on, on groups. But, and it really breaks down to different aspects of not only gender identity, but also sexual orientation, which are two completely different things. Right. So for the rest of our, our time here, we'll refer to LGBT, if that's good for you. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to this position and the work you do in your organization? Um, I had um, and have a public relations company called A. Simon Says, mm -hmm. and one of my clients was a healthcare client with a long-term care community. Okay. And it was a very progressive executive director, and she, she says she, her, um, she, her, um, really wanted to serve the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. Older adults really didn't have a lot of attention in the community. Well, mm -hmm. older adults don't have a lot of attention in any community. Okay. Uh, so she did training with SAGE. Mm -hmm. SAGE is an incredible uh, nonprofit national advocacy mm -hmm. organization for the LGBTQ community. Uh, yeah, I know them. They do great work. Yeah, great training programs, great housing development programs, great financial aid programs. Mm -hmm. We can talk uh, you know, a lot about what they do. And they're really like 
the leaders in this whole effort. So this um, long-term care community did a SAGE training and back in the day, back in the day, 2016, back in the day, um, they didn't have as many um, ideas on how to implement the training. So the training was about what's LGBTQ, who mm -hmm. are the LGBTQ older adults, what is the history of LGBTQ, mm -hmm. um, a lot about terminology, a lot about you know sexual identity, human sexuality, all the things we still train today. Mm -hmm. um, and less about, now that you know all this information, what services are you gonna provide? So uh, she turned to me as the communicator for the um, company, okay, sell that we are trained. And I said, well, right. what are we doing? What actually are we implementing to welcome LGBTQ older adults to the community? And there was no answer for that. So I was tasked with putting together a task force of oh, long-term wow. care providers, um, LGBT advocacy organizations in New Jersey, like Hudson Pride, mm -hmm. Garden State Equality. These are all excellent organizations that you and the studio audience should get to know about. Okay. Um, and... Um, we did focus groups on what was needed. At the same time, you know, great ideas usually come up in different places at the same time. Right, Society right. is ready. Thinking the same thing. You know, we, we see that with inventions sometimes, right. like how many people, there were three different people who had, you know, developed the um, television or film camera at mm -hmm. the same time right, in history. Right. So it's, it was the same with providing services to LGBTQ older adults. So Sage was doing the work. There's a group, um, Fenway in Boston started doing mm -hmm. the work. Uh, so there was a lot of resources to um, reach out to and get more information. And we created a program called LGBT Senior Housing and Care and started mm -hmm. beta testing programs at this long-term care community and working on advocacy. So, Amy, a lot has changed since our, our audience members were younger, when they were growing up as, uh, as someone who is lesbian, gay, trans, or are questioning their sexual identity. And especially in the last 30 years, there's been a lot of progress with advocacy and legislation that helps people like, get the services and the care they need. Can you give us like a history or a summary of, of the progress that's been made, and especially here in New Jersey? That's a... A very huge question. Oh. Um, it really hasn't been the past 30 years. It's been more the past decade that we've seen okay. uh, major progressive movements forward, but not mm -hmm. everywhere, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, it's New Jersey. I like to call it the Republic of New Jersey because New Jersey has been incredibly progressive, especially under um, this governor, Governor Murphy. Um, but the legislation, the first legislation to address in that was addressed in New Jersey was in 1960. Oh, it oh. used to be illegal for gay people to drink at bars. So um, New Jersey passed legislation that no longer made it illegal. Okay. So really, I would say that was the first time that New Jersey really addressed some of these issues. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later made intimate relationships not against the law because gay relationships. Mm -hmm. And I use the term gay here instead of queer, as we discussed right. before, to, to cover the whole umbrella. Mm -hmm. So it used to be illegal. 
Right. People could be prosecuted. People could be sentimental institutions. People could be chemically and physically castrated. Mm -hmm. um, so um, New Jersey has been progressive um, all the way up to um, 2013 under uh, Chris Christie, um, not allowing um, uh, the transgender um, uh, uh, services to stop young people if for minors from thinking, you know, that they were transgender okay. to 2015 marriage equality, which was before the federal, you know, the Supreme Court ruling. Mm -hmm. So New Jersey has been more progressive. Now, the last bill, uh, there was an education bill putting LGBTQ curriculum in the curriculum for um, schools, which was right. very progressive. And, you know, there's some states like Texas. Right, they're, uh, put, they're peeling that back or they're legislating They, they don't it. want, you know, they're legislating what can and cannot be, that it's a state's right, that it's a board of education right, right. Uh, what you teach in your schools. So New Jersey, we've included it now in our curriculums, which is great. Um, and the latest bill was New Jersey Senate Bill 2545 that mm -hmm. was signed by the governor uh, a year ago, right. March. Under COVID. Um, well, yeah, the signature while COVID yeah. was happening, which is a whole other story, <laughs> uh, requiring long-term care communities to be trained in affirming and welcoming and anti-discriminatory practices mm -hmm. for LGBTQ plus and HIV positive mm -hmm. older adults, but just in long-term care. Yeah. So that this is a great bill. Um, it, it's limited in scope because it's just long-term care. Right. And the advocacy groups who worked on this bill, along with us at LGBT Senior Housing and Care, uh, Garden State Equality, big shout out to Christian at Garden State Equality and the advocacy work that they do mm -hmm. um, to push this bill along. Um, it's it's had a hard rollout. Okay. First of all, there's part of the bill that's required to be held in person because right, yeah. there's a couple of designates required from each community, so we couldn't do it in person. So right. everyone had to regroup and create live webinars. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, nursing homes were very busy trying to keep older right. adults alive. Right. And, and so this all started, this bill started before COVID. Years before. Of, and it, it just, just happened so happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the launch has really taken a while um, to unfold in the communities, and it's still going on now. Mm -hmm. It's very challenging because people are still dealing with we're in an endemic yeah, cycle right, of right. the pandemic. Um, so there's a lot to um, be dealt with. Right. But uh, long-term care communities are stepping up. They're getting the training. Uh, we provide pre-recorded online self-study okay. and live webinar training and uh, technical support um, to providers. So um, that's all working well. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges is there aren't a lot of companies or training programs out there. Right, right. We've been uh, promoting it through our newsletters and, and our, our, our contact list when someone is offering it. Um, because we knew there were there were tight deadlines for when it had to be done. Um, studies show the latest Gallup poll said that 7.1% of Americans identify as LGBTQ with one in five Gen Zers mm -hmm. identifying. And um, so that's an uptick even from 2021. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I still have to update our material with that uptick. Mm -hmm. um, but 
it's unclear whether these are openly identifying people because there's a lot of people that will not openly identify, Still. especially older adults. Yeah. So quantifying how this affects the older adult community that's in long-term care now mm -hmm. is challenging because they've had a completely different life history. True. Right, right. They're older and sicker when mm -hmm. they go into long-term care now that at any time in history with mm -hmm. you know cognitive decline because right. the focus is aging in place, um, is staying at home as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And the experience is you know a life of hiding, of harassment, discrimination, trauma, um, financial mm -hmm. limitations as far as the jobs that mm -hmm. they could mm -hmm. have if they're out. Um, and then you, you pack on all the intersections elements, race, religion, yeah. uh, country of origin, mm -hmm. um, geography, you know, that create additional barriers to care. Right. And, and barriers that some people have had throughout their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Now that they're older, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's adding up. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, the equation is adding up. So Amy, as we're talking about, you know, equality, we're also having a lot more conversations about racial equality that we never had before. Mm -hmm. Are there differences or are there, are there another layer of challenges for people who are, who are black, Hispanic, and lesbian or gay? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, as with you know the general American society, to be of color is to be other. Um, mm -hmm. Generally, lower socioeconomic opportunities, um, educational inequality, and then you um, add on you know uh, sexual identity and um, gender identity that is different from you know the norm, mm -hmm. cisgender mm -hmm. heteronormative. Um, it causes a lot of other um, barriers right, right. to care. Um, right. And these result in long-term health effects long -term that we see health, in aging. You know, no ac not access to um, proper food, proper water, proper housing, mm -hmm. um, oftentimes um, health care. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, completely exacerbated with the transgender community. Okay. You have people who of color who are, um, you know, have homelessness, um, who don't have access or can't afford gender assignment um, uh, drugs, um, who are buying them off the street, mm -hmm. who are getting ill from, um, you know, implants that are not regulated, um, you know, body enhancers that are mm -hmm. not regulated that, you know, can get really sick. Um, and the medical community does not know how to serve right. the, um, especially the trans community of color they are. 72% okay. of the violent crimes, especially transgender women of color, wow. are the murder rate, the highest, uh, you know, percentage of murders. Um, so we can go all the way into that rabbit hole and tell you that, Healthcare is not prepared. Housing is mm -hmm. not prepared for, for those seniors at all. And there's just not enough housing for seniors, let alone housing for mm -hmm. LGBTQ seniors and specifically right. trans right. seniors. It's so so race, race and ethnicity can have a whole other complicating layer of on the needs and services for older adults um, and things that have accumulated their entire life. And I, and I think this emphasizes, once again, the importance of this training that needs to be done 
all the way through the healthcare system, all the way through many systems and programs and how to, how to treat, how to understand and how to communicate with LGBTQ adults. And the fairness of appropriating funds to seniors of color mm -hmm. to have access to long-term care and right. housing that isn't, right. you know, um, unacceptable right. for people who can afford. Right, right. And so how do, how do you see the difference in services and needs? What do they need when they're seeking care at this age? Well, um, it's very specific for our 70 and 80 year olds and 90 year olds mm -hmm. now based upon the laws and the limitations on how they live their lives. Mm -hmm. So not how they live it now, but how they live their lives, live all their the lives through. all the way through. And it's going to change. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, guesstimating every 10 years, we're going to see a complete C curve in mm -hmm. that group of older adults coming into care, mm -hmm. what access they had to, you know, adoption, mm -hmm. families, um, marriage, um, trained healthcare providers, mm -hmm. which will change how we approach their needs. It's going to become more common to ask gender neutral questions, right. to right. ask chosen names, right. not right. just legal names, to ask gender assigned at birth versus gender identity, to ask um you know, more specific questions about sexual orientation that are just not, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, but aromatic or, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of different terms that can really dig mm -hmm. deep into giving you the clues you need to provide appropriate right. care. Right. Now, seniors, most of the training is really going to be for the whole is for the whole community for the caregivers on how to understand why these questions need to be asked okay. and how to understand trauma how to keep information private how to understand that every person who is out is not out to everyone and not everyone oh, is out okay you know and so that's challenging um the legislation increases you have hipaa requirements and mm -hmm. then the legislation increases additional requirements of information that needs to be controlled okay. uh, from the long-term care community which is um it, you know an, a learning curve for the mm -hmm. community do you see or, or is there any legislation or proposals in the works to bring this training from um, the long-term care facilities down to hospitals, to providers' offices. Is, are there plans in the works? Funny you should ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we have submitted um, a revised bill. Uh, we had asked for those to be included for mm -hmm. home care, any provider right. that touches our senior community. Right. Home care, adult daycare, hospice care, of course, hospitals. Um, and, you know, shout out to Robert Wood Johnson, you know, in the first hospital hospital systems in the state to embrace um, LGBTQ training. Oh, terrific. Um, they have a really great, um, a proud group in uh, New Brunswick and do incredible uh, gender assignment surgery work there. Shout out to Jackie Barris, the okay. surgical room nurse um, and head of, head of the proud organization. So, I mean, People are, um, and organizations are, you know, uh, moving forward with a moral compulsion, you know, mm -hmm. to serve the community. 
Smart uh, providers understand that up to 10% of the community mm -hmm. um, around the country is the LGBTQ market. Mm -hmm. If they want to, as the long-term care community say, put heads in the bed, you know, right, that it's right. a market to serve and, mm -hmm. and to reach out to. Um, so we're really asking New Jersey to take the next step, and it's been submitted uh, for consideration. It's early days now okay. to expand it to all services okay. in the chain of growing older, of aging services exactly. in New Jersey. Exactly. We, we are having, we see an aging population. We're seeing, you know, as the baby boomers retire, we're seeing in, not only are more people retiring and turning 60 or 65, but then they're staying older longer. People are living longer. Mm -hmm. They're easily living to 85, 90, 95. So not only are more people in the age bracket mm -hmm. old, they're being old longer, which is all good. These are awesome, all good right? things, right? But we need to prepare. We need to prepare. And as you said, if 10% of the community, of the population, identifies as LGBTQ. Or would if they or were would, comfortable. Right. Um, then, then providers need to be prepared for that. And it's very different from a 25-year-old who is growing up in New Jersey in 2022, where it's more acceptable and they can be out and more expressive, has different expectations and will be treated differently. That's very different than the 75-year-old and how they were treated at 25, at 30, all the way through their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the terms that you use um, on your website, which I love this, it's cultural humility. And to me, that means so much more. And that probably applies to, to all of us. Can you talk about that term and that phrase and what it means? Well, it's interesting because there are many, many well-meaning people who mm -hmm. say, you know, we love everybody. We treat everybody the same. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I get it. But... The fact of the matter is, we can't treat everybody the same. Everybody comes from a different place in time, in intersectional elements, mm -hmm. um, including their sexual orientation and gender identity that makes their path to this moment different. Right, right. And cultural humility really is a way to empathize and embrace, and our training not everybody, you know, has experience with the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. But if one looks inside, everybody has experience with being treated differently. Okay. Not fitting in. Okay. Being discriminated against, whether because they're a woman, whether be because they are a different body weight, whether it's mm -hmm. because they're a different religion, mm -hmm. whether a race, you know, you can really dig inside, you know, anybody who's ever been bullied, right? And True. felt other. True. And that's the humility that I always engage um, when we're training that people bring to the work to understand this is a safe space to make uh -huh. mistakes because we're all just learning and you may say something that might be construed as politically incorrect because people are very sensitive about yeah. terminologies so we make sure it's a very safe space because you have to make mistakes to learn True. you learn more from your mistakes than you True. do from your achievements <laughs> right so to embrace the work with this you know humility is really important um, and also the fluidity the fluidity of the language. The language and the culture is formed by the young people. Mm -hmm. 
and the young people have driven what we call the cisgender heteronormative. Right. And I hate to use normative because it's like, oh, this means this is normal and the rest of us remember Abby normal. Right, right. right. Um, and that's not true. Right. So um, we have to stay fluid. And we're going to stay fluid with the different generations that mm -hmm. come through our mm -hmm. social services. Right, right. The LGBTQ older adult is not the only person we're serving. We're serving the straight older adult with yeah. LGBTQ children or transgender grandchildren that is who true. want to participate in the community activity or visit mm -hmm. at the housing facility or the long-term care community who want to put grandma and grandpa in a place where they feel comfortable. Right, so right, right. the market is much wider than the perhaps 10% now True. to identify. True, it does It does affect everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we have all heard stories where people know someone, they, they say, oh, I, don't, I don't know anybody who's gay. You do, but they haven't told you or they're not out to you. Or we hear stories of people who are surprised when along a friend for life, they find out that they are, they are gay or they're in a relationship because it was hidden for so long. Um, Seniors. Teaching the seniors, because going into an LGBTQ community, you, you must teach the other residents what's going on. It's one of the oh, first true. things you have to do. Okay. So we have these community events and programs where we show this great film called Gen Silent, which mm -hmm. is about, you know, a gay couple, a lesbian couple, and a transgender person all navigating elder care and long-term care. Um, and then we, we show it, popcorn, the whole thing. You know, if you give them food, they will come to the community room and um then they want to talk about you know but this one had cancer and they identify different things in the film that don't have to do with lgbtq uh -huh. and then you dig deeper and you explain what the term is because older adults don't know what lgbtqiaap is right just right. like anybody else and then you hear things like oh so my nephew's room you know we love him we love him right I, we didn't know he was, right. they're gay, is that what's happening? And it's like, right, yeah, right. you've been living, you know, right, spending right, time right. for 20 years, you've known this man. Oh, I thought that was different, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so they discover through these, you know, discussions and through these opportunities that, yes, in fact, it's not odd mm -hmm. or abnormal or scary, or the people are not weird, mm -hmm. you know, that there are people they've known and lived with and, and have been a part their of life. their whole life. Right, right. And it's, it's a way in right. to the discussion. I was explaining to my um, sons, I have two sons, and I uh, was saying once, telling a story of what I remembered from growing up. And their friend goes, where did you grow up? And I said, it's not where, it's when. It's when I grew up. And you don't realize how far we've come. And, you know, as we were talking about the legislation, we have made progress. And I think that some people might think, well, now, you know, uh, same-sex marriages are allowed. Isn't that enough? Haven't we done everything? You know, each person can interact with their community or on their job with humility mm -hmm. and empathy uh, without judgment, which is very important. Um, there is no abnormal. 
Right. There's right. only who we are as people. Right. And all through history, we've had differences. You asked about some of the things, some of the training, some of the things that one does. So mm -hmm. one of the things uh, right off the bat is providing welcoming cues for the LGBTQ community. Okay. So How just, do you do that? Well, just like, you know, when an LGBTQ person walks into an environment, they're so frightened of being discriminated against they don't know if they can be themselves. They're going to look for cues. So having a little signage, a little sticker somewhere okay. with the, the HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, another great organization, look it up, okay. hrc.org, um, up or our you know logo up or okay. a rainbow flag up tells the person entering that space that they're going to be safe here. Mm -hmm. And you see, I'm wearing another yep. welcoming cue. So we provide these to our providers. It can either be just a rainbow rib ribbon that they put mm -hmm. their, um, you know, ID on. Or, you know, what are your pronouns? This is a pronoun mm -hmm. ribbon. So immediately I'm saying my pronouns are she, her. So anybody who's from the community automatically knows that I'm a safe person to speak to. And we have these LGBTQ ally buttons because mm -hmm. all of these people, you know, who want to be allies of right, the community right. or allies within the community, one part of the acronym to another person in the acronym. So I brought these for you today. Oh, thank you. And you did tell me your pronouns are she, her. Mm -hmm. So I brought you a she, her sticker and an ally you. button and thank your rainbow you. lanyard that you can wear. So, I mean, these are some of the very first steps that you can include your, your office, mm -hmm. um, your healthcare provider, your retail store, mm -hmm. wherever you are right. to let people know that they're safe entering your facility. And then um, all gender bathroom signs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable. Seniors can be most uncomfortable. Right. It's not what they're used to. It's not what they grew up with. No, exactly. But it's part of this legislation that you have to have an all-gender bathroom, mm -hmm. a public bathroom in your spaces. Mm -hmm. So we provide, you know, the all-gender bathroom signs and consult how to do that. Some of these old buildings have limited bathrooms. So I just was in Europe, and of course, everywhere I go, I'm looking for cues, and I'm looking for the community, and I want to know, you know, how they're serving the community in other places in the mm -hmm. world. And the best sign I saw for bathroom was in Amsterdam, and I'm totally getting them printed up here. So it had, you know, the female sign and the male sign, and then it had the female, male, you know, half and half sign, uh -huh. and then the wheelchair sign, and then <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just wash your hands before you go. <laughs> Love I thought that was right. the right. best right. sign ever. So <laughs> we're going to start putting them in our welcoming kits. Good, good. Um, I just want to circle back a little bit to when we, we talked briefly about same-sex marriage, and not a lot of older adults did not take the opportunity to get married. If there were long-term relationships, they didn't get married or if they've had um, in a relationship since that started. And why do you think that is, that they haven't, you know, run out and gotten married to have the same benefits and privileges that a cisgender spouse would have? I have not seen data on how many couples have or have not taken advantage mm -hmm. of same-sex marriage. You know, marriage is more than a spiritual 
mm-hmm. commitment or a religious commitment. It's, it's a legal commitment. It's a legal business document. Mm-hmm. It's about combining assets. It's mm-hmm. about access to Social Security benefits. Exactly. It's about inheritance rights. It's really a business contract. Yeah. So and for our audience, it means a lot for care. Who can make care on your behalf? Who doctors who can, can make speak decisions. to? Um, the health benefits you receive. So it does become very important. Um, right. That's why. So and some people financially don't, uh, for tax benefits, don't see the benefit okay. of uh, formalizing a, a, their union with a marriage contract. Um, other people, for example, in New Jersey, we had civil unions, domestic partnerships, then marriage. Right. You know, um, my business partners said he's been married four times. He's had every one of those things. You know, <laughs> how many anniversaries is he going to celebrate? <laughs> so some people just stayed with their civil unions or their domestic okay. partnerships, which is why we encourage people to put those choices on their um, intake forms. So for people that haven't chosen to get married, what um, do you have suggestions for what they should do to have their, to have things in order in case their partner needs to act on their behalf? Uh, LGBTQ people in general um, need to have specific estate planning and long-term health care planning mm-hmm. in place, uh, regardless of the you know contractual relationship. Okay. Um, because um, inheritance rules are different state to mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. So you have to know the rules in your state, and they're constantly changing. Oh, okay. I'm constantly getting called. You know, it, can I go move? I have to move to this state with my adopted children. Am I going to be able to keep my children? I mean, that's wow. a real question. Wow. Um, am I going to stay married if the Supreme Court says, you know, overturns this ruling now that we have a very conservative court? These are real legal questions. Wow. So you need to know where you're living. Mm-hmm. You know, and you um, need to have your healthcare proxies, your wills mm-hmm. prepared correctly. Um, your uh, make sure that it includes if the will is contested. I'm not giving legal advice. I know I'm a right. paralegal, also, but I'm not giving legal advice. That you know, if the will is contested, that person automatically loses rights to anything in the will. Okay. Um, you have to make sure that the language is gender neutral. Um, that if you're itemizing a list of things you're leaving things to, uh-huh. that and if any of those people change gender, will they still okay. be able by name? So make sure social security numbers and other identifying information. Even if you're doing like the napkin mm-hmm. will, which right, in some right. states is legal. Um, you identify your dependents and the people you want to leave things to, but okay. other than gender identifying or na- specific names, because that okay. may change after you've passed okay. on. So there's other things. Right. But, but it's important for people to, to think about that, to have that in have place. Have your healthcare yeah. proxies written up and have it all in a folder. Because even though it's the law mm-hmm. that your partner or your husband or wife is permitted by healthcare proxy, by law, mm-hmm. to get information, people in hospitals are still stuck in traditionals. Right. And if you're not the mother or the wife of a, in a hetero, that emergency room doctor, that 
you're going to see 87 doctors, right, right for everything. Right, right. They're not going to give you the information regardless of what the law says. Yeah. So come in with your paper. Mm -hmm. I'm the health care proxy. You must. Right. You have to be very aggressive. And one more reason, we need that training that was legislated for long-term care facilities to trickle down and be and go through all levels of health care well, services. Well, it should be in medical schools. It's yeah. not legislated even to be taught in medical schools, dental schools, social work programs not in yet. the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Not yet. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, we've covered we've covered a lot, and we've covered a lot about um, the legislation. So, can you tell us the next steps? How can people keep track of this? What can they do? How can they get involved in expanding NJS two five four five to the whole you know aging chain? Yes. Uh, well, we're going to keep pushing it, and um, information can be found on our website as we move along with um, advocating for this bill and getting other organizations involved. So that's mm -hmm. www.lgbtseniorhousingandcare.com, okay. all spelled out. And then uh, really important is to sign up, uh, go to Act Blue, sign on to help pass the Equality Act in okay. Congress, which we have a devil of a time getting onto the floor for a yeah. vote, um, which is really important just for LGBTQ plus rights um, across the country. Right. Um, there's a many, many uh, advantages to having that mm -hmm. bill passed. And um, so sign up and, you know, okay. tell your congressperson and your senators that you want them to vote and pass the Equality Act. Very okay. important. And then I'd like to end on a, on a fun note. Um, what are some of the activities and events that you know of that are in New Jersey for Pride Month? Um, I know I'm up in South Orange and Maplewood. We have a lot going up. A lot going on in, in Maplewood in the hood. Yeah, but you know, Mid Jersey and and some of South Jersey is equally as rainbow in June. Great, great. Um, I know that off the top of my head, Montclair's doing something on the 11th. The North Jersey Pride um, is doing the Edison uh, in, in Edison area on the 5th. That's the big one. Okay. Um, many towns are doing um, smaller events town by right. town. Right. Um, Asbury Park usually has Asbury a lot of events. Asbury Park, yeah. So, um, you know, Asbury Park all year round, you can have um, Pride Festivals there. It's fabulously fun. Yeah. And, uh, but check um, Garden State Equality. Okay. That's a dot org. Um, usually has a list of all the events going on, especially, you know, the more obscure ones for us North Jersey people in South Jersey. Uh, Philly, right, you know, over true, Camden. True. There's just a huge community there. They're partying all month long. And um, uh, Hudson Pride in North Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, they work with a lot of people of color. We didn't get into this, but the huge community of color that needs all kinds of other resources um, and so they have a lot of programs um, up north for um, the community there and the youth and we'll be doing you know pride events too so there's just a lot going on okay. if you can't find a pride event you're not, you're not looking <laughs> so Amy thank you for joining us today and for all the work that you do this has been enlightening and entertaining <laughs> we really appreciate your honesty and your candor and, and explaining this to us 
Um, so we will stay in touch and keep track okay. of the progress that you and your organization and other groups in the state are making. I want to thank you for joining us for Aging Insights. This episode is available on your local cable channels, YouTube, and now in a podcast version. Aging Insights is brought to you with the support of the Wallerstein Foundation for Geriatric Life Improvement. To find out more information and to view previous episodes, please visit our website at www.njaaw.org and click on Aging Insights. I want to thank our partners here at PCTV for helping us bring our guests to you today. If you need information or resources about services in your area, please contact your county office on aging. Their phone number can be found on our website. We also invite you to look at our website for services and resources dedicated to helping older adults. Thank you, and be sure to tune in next time.